So today's reading is Acts 4, 32-35. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of his possessions was his own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and much grace was upon them. There were no needy persons among them. From time to time, those who owned lands or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales and put it in the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone as he had need. And Acts 5, 12 to 16, the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders among the people, and all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. No one else dared join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats, so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from the town around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by evil spirits, and all of them were healed. Amen. I'd like to invite Reverend Des. Pastor Des, to come and bring God's word this morning. He's a retired Baptist minister, but one filled with the Holy Spirit. So uh, usually you get Baptist ministers that know the word, but don't have the Holy Spirit. Shall we make room for you this morning? Yeah, yeah. Shall we pray for you? Father, we thank you. For your servant, Reverend Des, thank you for your grace upon his life. Thank you for the time he spent in your presence preparing for this service. Come Holy Spirit, rest mightily upon him. Transform lives as he speaks God. Let the words he speaks be accompanied with signs and wonders. Glorify the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Lord, we declare liberty for him in the spirit, that he would move according to the prompts and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Make his tongue like the pen of a ready writer. For your glory we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good morning, church. Still morning. It's really great to be in the house of God and to share God's word again. It's a very, thank you, Shaleen, for the reading. Very exciting reading. Very challenging reading. I wonder when we read a passage like that and look around today, 
Is that the church I'm worshiping at? As we look on Jesus and the church and the power of the church, we see so many things here. If I look at Acts 5 and verse 16, so many things were done in the name of Jesus. And I want to look at the overall thing, the, the marks of, a, of the church. Let us pray. Father, today we pray that your presence will open the floodgates of heaven and pour out a fresh healing grace upon your people. Fill us with love and grace, again bringing signs and wonders to the body of Christ at the Oakley family. Pray that the Father may give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Today is a new day. Today is an exciting day. In the next week, I think, I can't remember now, but it will be Pentecost Sunday. Yes. And it seems as if we are very good in celebrating or reminding ourselves of the day and what it contains, but nothing else. And when you look at that, you realize that how the church, either we have missed it, and we're doing something else. And the latest book I'm reading is saying, so often the church is caught up in culture, Christianity, and not really doing what God has shown us that we should be part of in our everyday cycle. And when you look at this um, verse of scripture, Acts of the Apostles is the reawakening of the church in its fullness. And when you look at the first five chapters of Acts of the Apostles, it's very exciting. I haven't got the time to go through the scriptures, but I love doing that. Um, but time will not allow that. Acts 1 verse 8 talks about, um, and you will receive power. The Greek word dunamis. You will receive the power of God when you move into his presence. So what's happening? God wants to take us over the river, through the river on the other side of his presence. And when that chapter talks about the waiting, sitting, praying, and waiting for the spirit to move in the life of his church. For Jesus realized that we cannot do it we need something else to empower ourselves. 
in order to accomplish the great work that God has given to us. And quickly we move on to chapter 2. And chapter 2 which talks about the outpouring of the Spirit. So this is the birth of the new church. So there was the outpouring of the Spirit. And God was just revealing himself in another way. The wind of the Spirit is taking over. And God is moving. And then Pentecost becomes a fire of God's glory. I never forget someone was preaching in the church and he said, Fire! And a person jumped up and said, Should I get some water? <laughs> and he said, No, that's of the Spirit. And he said, He never know that God had fire with it. <laughs> you never know. Never know at all. And so we, 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 we find it. And then quickly we move on to chapter 3. Take us near the subject of healing. Chapter 3. The boys, they were on fire for God already. As Peter and John going to the temple to pray. There was this man, lame man from birth, sitting outside there, looking for a few small change, if we have any left over, that he too might go home and have a meal or whatever. But he was lifted every day to be placed there. Collection, go home. And Peter and John was going in for their prayers, for their soaking. And as he got to the entrance, he looked at this man, and this man looked at them. And Peter said, Keep your eyes on us. That's very important. Keep your eyes on us. And as the man focused on Peter and John, he thought he was going to get some, some silver or some gold. But something inside of him began to stir. Uh-huh. He began to focus. He began to stir. It was the Spirit of God. And Peter said to him, I love this. Silver and gold, I have none. But what I have, I've given to you. I wonder if we practice that as a Christian. Christian, it would be a good thing. Silver and gold, I haven't, I'm sorry. But what I have, I'll give it to you. That's what he says in the Bible. I'll give it to you. Can't imagine. This guy was wondering what's going to happen. And Peter said, Rise up, stand up. He stood up and started praising God. Now the thing about it that all the people before him were inside the church, the temple praying. And Peter said, 
Peter looked at him and he went inside. But he was so overjoyed, he was so excited that the Bible said he ended up in the church or the temple jumping and praising God and giving glory to God. And some of the people inside the church reacted, oh, this was the guy who was outside. What's happened? What's happened? The power of God has moved upon him and his faith began to rise in him and he received his healing. I believe that is a church that God wants to do in our lives. He wants to move us to an, another level. You see, you, the word and the spirit need each other. You cannot separate them. The word, the spirit, and the manifestation of the glory of God. But when we get into Acts 5, chapter 5, it talks about all the things that were happening. This is exciting. The Bible tells us in different translations that there were multitudes of people hearing what God was doing through the disciples that they want a piece of the action. They want to be involved. Not only Oakley, not only Whetstone, High Barnet, Finchley, everywhere people are coming in their thousands because something, hallelujah, something was happening that was shaking the whole community. That's power. That's God. The Jews, they were upset, but they realized that something is happening here. We have never seen anything like this. Those who were blind were able to see. Those who were disabled were able to walk. Those who were hungry find food. Everyone was catered for. That is the church in action. So there was a spirit-controlled community. There is an expectation that God will not only be present, but also act in grace and power among the people. There is a sense of awe and wonder to the works and power of God. You see, the hunger wasn't limited. Everyone was partakers of this divine grace of God. And I remember a pastor asked me the other day, I'll be going to a, a, a church to talk about God moving among his people, healing and all that stuff. Do you, have you experienced any recently, Desmond? And I said, no. He said, oh dear, I have to pull an old story out of the bag to this talk I'll be giving. And I said, isn't that sad? And he said, it is sad. 
that the church doesn't seem to move into Jesus spend more time with his disciples, you know, changing the lives of people through divine healing. I wonder how many stories people have preached on the layman. Faith in him, rise up, and it, it will do the trick. So this spirit-filled community was amazing. I, 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 when I was writing this, I, I love it. Heaven, sorry, worship is heaven-centered and not earth-bound. Don't do that. No, that's all right. I'll give you two minutes. No, no, not much. You have no time for all that. When God entered the building, those who experience this know what I'm talking about. There's a change. There's a difference in the atmosphere. And um, you see it here, not very often, but you do see it. When you travel to other parts of the world, you see it more often. I don't know why, but there seems to be a hunger for people's lives to be changed and other things happening. It's amazing. So not only will worship heaven ascended, the only place I've experienced that in my whole life. Again, I go back to where God had touched me. And that was you know, um, when the late John Wimber came to the Methodist Central Hall. There were 4,000 people. He calls it the third wave. And um, I went for my church. But I said, well, there won't be many people there. So I got there for 10 o'clock start. I got there about quarter to 10. And when I got there at Westminster Central Hall, about 1994, I think, I couldn't get in. I could not get in. The place was packed. And I said, oh my God, I can't go home. <clears throat> I waited and somebody spotted me. First time in my life, you could not get into a church. When I got in there, the gallery was full. People were kissing the carpet. People were crying out to God. Things were happening. I see things that I've never seen in my whole life before. People were healing people on the streets. It was something. That was the place I went and I see worship. The worship was heavenly sent. You are all interested in what God is doing to you. Nowhere to put people on the floor to lie down because there were so many people in the place. This was something not new. It's here all the time. It's here in the word of God. To be that kind of person. So God wants his people. God was leading his people to a deeper and overwhelming presence. Taking them closer to the glory of God. Accepting him in their personal way. And bringing all kind of healing and deliverance to them. I remember when we went to Philippines. And um, the people we were staying with, uh, um, their daughter-in-law used to play the guitar in the services. And um, at the, before the end of the meeting, she started crying, crying, crying. And my wife said to me, she's always crying. Something is wrong with her. And we said, oh, no, nothing is wrong. I'm all right. And then as 
that passed by the next service, the same thing again. I said, something is wrong. Why is she crying there? Anyhow, in the early hours of the morning, from time to time, the husband gets up and takes her to hospital because of abdominal pain. She's been having severe pain. When she got there, there's no doctor, so she comes back home. And this is 2 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock, that kind of timing. And this thing been going on. So my wife said to me, we, we have to sit down with her and the family and really see what's happening here. So we got up, positioned ourselves, have a bit of fasting, and had very little breakfast, went down, talked to the, the family, and they were very happy to do whatever we felt led to do. So we got in the sitting room, sat down there. She came in. Um, she had a little daughter at the time. And um, I said, what's happening? Every time we notice you're worshiping, you're crying, and so on and so forth. And she, through an interpreter, she said, well, you know, she doesn't feel like that. So I said, we sense in our spirit that something is wrong and what we have sensed, we want you to tell us what we have sensed. And we said, and I said to the husband, tell me a little bit about your, your wife's background. And he said, oh, we come from a certain part of the country. And um, uh, uh, through interpreting, he said, oh, her father is a, is a doctor. I said, really? Oh, a medical doctor? He said, no, 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 no. The doc, he, 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 he do his, his thing. I said, what thing? <laughs> <laughs> and then he, he, his son-in-law son got up, and, 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 and or, or the, the son got up, the son got up of the host, and he said, oh, no, my wife, um, the husband, yeah, our father comes in, and people come to him, and he buys things, and he puts things in his mouth, and he... Oh, I got the message. Oh, yes. That means he practices witchcraft. We're supposed to be there for three weeks preaching and teaching. And someone in the house who we live with, the same cover, practicing witchcraft. So it passed down to the daughter. And he said, no, 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 we have to break this. So I took my Bible out, prayed. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 to 10. And we read that, no weapon. And we pray. Slaves were slain in the spirit, husband was, and the rest of the family. The little girl must have been about, I don't know, about five or six. About that, in it, Yeah. She was outside, and when she realized what was happening, she set off. She ran away. So one of the, the aunts had to chase her up the street to get her. She didn't want to come at all. Eventually, we, we, we caught her, and we prayed for her. From that moment, we prayed for her, and bound the whole thing in the name of Jesus. It never, never interfered with her again. She was clean, she was lovely, she was wonderful, and God used her mightily. If you haven't got that mindset, you go to that home, you do your thing, you left, and everything is fine. 
No. People are ready. Too many people are hurting. Too many people are hurting and need to be released by the, by the power of God. So these people, in verse 16, they were committed people. They were committed to what God was doing in, in, in their lives. Not only committed, but they were also a growing people. They were explorers of God's supernatural highway. They were witnessing to the gospel in a way that they have never done before in their whole lives. They live by telling the good news. Growing church, there was a genuine thirst for a deeper understanding of faith in the openness of God. In other words, these Christians were not really cul-de-sac Christians. They were men and women who were hungry and burning for God. And I believe we need to do that. I was just talking to another minister the other day and he was telling me at a conference he, he went to and the things they were talking about, what they felt the church should talk about. And I said, what? What about the kingdom? What about the power? What about transformation of lives? He said, no, I've got no time for that. <laughs> Let's talk about this, talk about that. But it's all over there on the street. And why all of that coming into the church? And you're still talking about it. What is the mission of the church? And that's why we in the Baptists, we always said, that's why churches are weak. Because they're not giving people what they should be receiving. Breakthrough and openness. So if someone come in my church and said, right, God have done this, God have done that, we spend nearly half an hour worshiping. Thanking God for what he has done because we want more. It's not a one-off. We want more. So not only was it a spirit-controlled community, they were open, they were centered in the things of God. They were worshiping God in a way that they have never worshipped before. And that is, is absolutely wonderful. Growing in witnessing, growing in Bible study, growing in soaking, growing in the things that God wants them to grow in. How do you grow? Their hearts and their homes were, were into other people's lives. They were models of God's church, of what the church should be. And God, God has given us three keys you now of how we should react in our everyday lives. The first key that he has given to us is the key of witnessing. Um, witnessing, Matthew 28, verse 19 to 20. Witnessing. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. That, that's very important. We are the witnesses for God. And then we find also in Matthew chapter um, 10, Matthew 10, Matthew 10, verses 7 and 8. It's very important. 
I don't think many Christians realize that. That God has given you a mandate in Matthew 28, verse 19. Go. That's a command that we Christians should do. Secondly, we should do for the Matthew 10, verse 7. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Your job to do that becomes the healing church for God. And the third one is Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. And verse 18. Ephesians chapter 5, it's another that God got to be a spirit-filled believer. Do not get drunk, no, but be filled with the spirit. If the discerning spirit was not inside of us, then maybe that young lady in Philippines would never have been touched by God. It's very important. And the same thing happens when we open up to God. God opened up to other people's lives and touched them. And coming to the end now, not only were you spirit-filled, community, a growing community, but also a serving community. These people believe that they were called to share the kingdom of God with those around them. Reaching out into neighborhoods and streets, telling people about who Jesus is and what he can do for us. They were models of God's kingdom. Are you? Are you mothers of God's kingdom? How is your faith? Are you ill? Do you believe God can do something in your life today? Oh, that's normal. That's normal, Pastor. That's normal. If you can do something In your life today, that's normal. People said to me many times, oh, that's normal. I've been putting up with this for two or three years. It's normal. But I said, do you want God to touch you? Well, it's no harm. <laughs> so it becomes a thing. Either I pursue my, my course or I backed off. And I said, let's give God a try. Let's, let's test the Father. Because you said that in the Bible. Test me. And see if I will not open the windows of heaven. Test me. So we test daddy. And things happened. And she jumped up and said, Oh, yes, I feel different. What's happened? Oh, I can't explain. Oh, 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 why are you going like this? You just, just feel lovely. Oh, oh, oh. I said, well, <laughs> what's happened? God has touched her. In a way that she never never thought on human level 
would, would happen. So, I mean, you know, this is very important of how you react. Um, there, there, there is a, I didn't give that to Mike, that's my matter, but there's a passage in, in, in um, Matthew chapter 9 where Jesus went inside and there were two blind men. And they looked at him, and Jesus looked at them. And they were halfway house. You know, Jesus said, well, Jesus said, do you want to be healed? He said, well, it's, a, it's up to you. I can't force you. According to your will, according to your faith. According to your faith. And so, he focused on Jesus. And Jesus could see in him that his faith was rising. He started to believe that God can heal him. And that is in scripture, according to your faith. So if you said, well, no, it won't happen. Well, if you're adamant, then no one's going to force you. But it's not just God to heal you and say, that's fine. You are supposed to be an instrument for those around you. And if you keep on sowing the seed, I mean, and I remember the past when people get healed of a certain situation, there's always somebody else in the church who said, I had a situation too. I said, now God, I've healed you. Can you come with me? And they get up. Go and lay your hands on that lady at the back there who is suffering with the same condition as you. Pray that God would heal her too. And that happens. Faith. Faith begins to rise. The expectation gets very high. So, how deep is your faith? How shallow is your faith? Are you letting faith rise in your heart? Are you expecting God to do something today in, in your heart in a new way? He's ready and, re and willing to do that. Just bow your heads before God, please. Joe, come please with some nice soft, soft music. Keep your bow before God. It's in God to use you right now. Hey.
Just step up in faith right now. I pray. Anxiety. church of Acts. You want God to heal you, whatever it is, and you know the doctor has tried, when you've got to try. Just stand where you are. Stand in the gap for, for someone. I want to come back to church next Sunday and hear what God has been doing in your life. Three, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen people standing. Colin, wife, I want you to pray for these people. Hallelujah! Yes, Lord. They're behind you, those who are in the ministry team. You just go to them and just say, what is it you want God to do for you? Come, come. Just come forward with 